0: Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And
1: I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute.
0: And I'm Chris Henry from the Apollo 13 Minute. And here we are at minute 16, still in the back of that cab. (laughs) And uh, poor... Poor Homer has to jump out of a out of the car and unfortunately meet his family and his girlfriend, and he just looks like he's about to, like uh, like Al said, hitting a beach. It's it's just gonna be uh, a tough time for him, but uh, he's not getting any he's not getting any help from his uh, brothers in arms. <laughs> get out of get out of the car. You're home
2: now, kid. Yeah. Uh,
0: wow. Uh, Can I just say glad- that I'm
2: pretty sure every. Guy fighting in World War II who was single was imagining coming home to a Wilma. Uh, yeah, I mean, she they cast that well, role yeah. just perfect. I mean, she's like the um, all American girl in the nineteen forties.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's just a, a stunner. And we we get such great. I mean, there's a couple of great. I mean, there's there's many. I'd say 170 great minutes of this movie. Um, but <laughs> this this one minute that we have here has so much great acting going on that doesn't feel like acting it all feel you feel homer doesn't want to get out of the car but he's got to go do it and the other guys are lending moral support by you know tough love chasing him out of the out of the cab right all but just kicking him out the door. and little luella jumping out the, the door and just i mean that must have been three takes but she just did it all in one shot yelling that her brother homer's home and uh, just ex- as excited as can be bounding over the Bounding over the stairs, jumping I gosh, I grew up in this neighborhood. This is like this is the house this is like the house I grew <laughs> up in. Just jumping through the hedges and going to tell the next door neighbor, uh, Wilma that Homer's home and she's just so you know, and and, and now comes over Oh, you know something? I should go hug my brother. So she <laughs> she runs back and, and throws her arms around uh, around Homer. The only thing she cares about is that her brother home, is home. And it just you forget it's a movie, I think, at that point. Right. Well, you know, there's
1: something uh, there's something about that you say she almost forgets to hug her brother, and it's like I can remember things happening sometimes when I was about that age, and and there's something powerful to a kid about being the one, to yeah. break the news, yeah. being the one who has the information, and it's like you want to be first to tell everybody, so she's got to, she's got to yell over to her parents that you know homer's home and then as you said she does that nice little olympic sprint over to wilma's house and uh, you know literally the girl next door and uh you know is calling for her and then she comes cruising back and then she can then she can hug him but but there's i, I don't know what it is but there's there's just something about it at that age you have got to be the one to uh to break the news to everybody.
0: yeah yeah she and this, this girl, you know, this she's an actress, but she does it so effortlessly. You don't feel she's reading lines. You don't feel like she's making it up. She does look just darned excited to to be in the, to to be doing this. Um, you know, you can and it's a black it's a black and white movie, but you can feel it's a beautiful you know spring summery day, and it's just you can remember being that age and just being excited about so much stuff. <laughs> um, so I was,
1: was just looking to see how old uh, she was at that point. Uh, sorry, the actress playing uh, playing the little sister. Um,
0: I think she. Okay, I, I think she was mind. ten. I, I, I may be she's wrong. Still, is she ten?
1: Is it's interesting? She doesn't have any. Uh, it's, uh, it's Marlene yeah. Ames. Is her name there? It is, and she does, she's just not doing anything. She's not doing that sort of forced. Uh, you know, delivery too fast or anything else like that. As you said, there's just no sense at all that she's acting. And there's, you know, you have to think somebody would have looked at that, just that little performance of hers and said, well, she's she's really natural." But she didn't go on to do many other, uh, many other uh, no. other films. She had a couple of uncredited roles as late as what 1950s and disappeared.
0: And, I I've been trying to find yeah. her, and all I all I ever see on the internet is, "Ever?" I wonder what happened with this girl. And you know, she's obviously no. in her late eighties, if she's still with us. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, she doesn't, she just had a very natural quality on her. Like, like you said, it was not, not like kids in the forties that you'd see on t. You know, on, they all, they all acted like they were in the cast of newsies if they were little kids you know, at, at the time. <laughs> right, um, exactly. you know, you, it's funny, just, you
2: mentioned you, you grew up in this neighborhood and I, th- on a previous episode, we talked about uh, the neighborhoods you grew up in and it was, very similar in, in the small town of Ambridge where I grew up, uh, with the the steel uh, mill houses, and uh, we had a set of bushes that uh, our neighbors, one of my best friends lived on the other side of those bushes, and uh, we actually wore out a hole in the bushes because we would <laughs> we would we would try to you know jump them or whatever, and we would sometimes would make it, sometimes not. Uh, as a small kid, I actually tried to jump them in a uh, Power Wheels. Uh, general, ah. Generally. And, <laughs> Uh, didn't quite make it, <laughs> so, Ouch. but, uh, but yeah, you, when you talk about that, it's like, I when, when she leaps those bushes, I'm like, man, I remember doing that how many times a day to go get my best friend to go play, you know, kickball or whatever. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My, my, my best friends lived over me. the, over the hedge. And, uh, it was, it was a constant back and forth there. And there were so many, you know, places to run your matchbox cars up and down the driveway. And, yeah. uh, it, it, it was, I've, I've been back to uh, to my home uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and everything is paved over because they need room for. They're they're only 13 miles from uh, New York City, so the place is ideal for commuters. Oh. And they they've paved every inch of the place just so they can have more places to park cars. And nobody you know nobody plays in the backyard anymore. And nobody. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of neighborhood I, I can remember when I was her age, walking to school, and I lived you know I lived about maybe eight or ten blocks from my school. And the idea of letting seven-year-old, you know, six and seven-year-old kids, oh yeah, <laughs> walk, yeah, walk themselves to school over yeah. eight blocks through a city is just insane nowadays. But that was like that was the neighborhood. You knew everybody, and yeah, you didn't. I would get a ride to school with my dad, and then I had to
2: uh, walk home. Uh, once I hit like junior high, like once I hit like six or seven well seventh grade. Um, but um, yeah, that's just you know, it, growing up in that neighborhood. The the one neighbor. Um, was she was an older lady and she was a i didn't find this out till later she was a rosie the riveter uh oh, in right. the shipyards uh she actually built lsts in, in in ambridge and uh oh cool and then um the grandfather of my best friend the guy that lived over the bushes he also lived there and uh, he was a pilot he flew pbj's a marine corps uh uh b-25s Uh, during World War II. And he didn't tell me that until I was in high school. Like I found out, I was like, oh my God, you know? So yeah, just, you you just had that World War II generation still around you.
0: Yeah. And and very much like they were all tinkerers and handyman people around the neighborhood. Like like, uh, Homer, as we'll find out later, has a shop in the back in in what used to be the stables that's now a garage. Um, We had a, a neighbor down the block from us who had uh, he was a he was a machinist and he did metal work and i keep looking at that that screen door on the front with the uh with the ornate metal work and he used to he had some bending jigs that he used to make these things on the rivets and everything i can i can, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, can I can still picture him making those things that he could put on you could put on your doors and it's just yeah the the memories here like james earl jones said in uh, uh, uh field of dreams that you could the, the memories come back, you'd have to sw- sweep them away with your, with your hand. You just uh, it's, it's so it, it, you, it's black and white, but you can see every color in this, uh, in this image. Um, wow. I'm sorry.
1: And <laughs> <clears throat> can we, uh, can we spare just a, a moment of love for the, uh, uh, that great view of the taxi yeah. cab that it's a 35 uh, DeSoto wow. no. Airstream. It's just I, something about the you don't really see it in, as much in this side shot but the the grill is so elegant it's almost like a it's got a bit of a citroen look to it with these chevrons yeah and the, the, louvered vents along the side are just uh it's just fantastic they just don't don't make them like
0: that no anymore. it's uh yeah and it's like a whole living room in the back in the <laughs> back there you know? yeah exactly
1: as we've seen from the the cab ride to get here to uh, <laughs> yeah Homer's house although <clears throat> you know being the uh the cultured sort that i am i can't I can't think of a DeSoto without thinking of uh uh lyrics from one of my very favorite songs. Uh so the line is um and I I have uh, $5 for either of you if you can name the next line. But the the lyric is uh as we rolled down the long and winding interstate in our 53 DeSoto. Oh, you got mm. me. Anybody know the next I'm, one?
0: I'm not there.
2: No, you got me on Chris? this.
1: Okay, good, because I don't have $5. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next line is, we're going to see the biggest ball Minnesota. of okay. Minnesota. okay, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So if, if I had said 53 yeah. to soda, as Weird Al yes. does Aww. in that line. Um, the, uh, the best line of that whole song, though, of course, is, I was just so overwhelmed by its sheer immensity, I had to <laughs> pop myself up <laughs> It just doesn't get uh, any better than that. But anyway, That's, we were talking about yeah. A well,
0: and a DeSoto too. I'm looking at. I mean, one of uh, Weiler being you know insanely great at picking, picking the places that he wanted to show all this stuff, so that you are you're the guys left behind as uh, Homer leaves, as we're inside the DeSoto, just and we wind up spending our time looking at him through other people's views of things.
1: Right. Well, there's two great POV shots in this. There's you know we're left behind in the car but then we also get to play uh, his yeah, parents, Yeah. you know, cause when, so uh, when the the sister, i sorry, I keep forgetting her, I keep looking away and forgetting L- her first yeah, Luella, name. She's, yeah. Luella. Yeah. So she runs up and, you know, she's yelling at us that uh, Homer's home and we see him, we see him standing out there. And then he said that we're back in the, back in the cab, watching his parents uh, come out. And it was kind of charming that, uh, um, Uh, the cabbie you know is offering to take him on to the next place and you know fred says well just a minute bud and you know really that's for our benefit because you know we need to still sort of watch this greeting and see what happens there but um you know you wonder were they were they just making sure he didn't chicken out and run away around the block or did they really were they invested enough at this point to just they just wanted to see this little. Yeah, movie I think again.
0: I think that's that's where it was. Is they just wanted to find out, and it also gives them clues as to well, what's it going to be like when I see my family? Yeah, and true. What's what's my yeah. Team gonna be and like? it's gosh, it's it, what it reminds me of in the movie Spartacus when they're waiting to go into the arena. That's that's what it feels like that they're listening to. You know, is there going to be carnage or I, not? And uh, I one another thing we talked about this in the in uh, the previous episode on Friday. Uh, the music luella has her own little theme there with the well we go from homer's theme is just those those four notes da, 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 you know it, it when when he's waiting to get out of it out of the car they play that and then they play an alternate of the same of the same notes and it's homer's theme so it's kind of not morose but just kind of uh full of trepidation but then we get to uh, when luella hits the hits the front porch running uh we get the that that twirl of uh Flutes and piccolos, and it, it really captures her so great. Uh, on, and uh, the parents come out. There's a resolution in the music, and then we we get our first view of uh, of Kathy O'Donnell as Wilma, and Wilma's theme is just gorgeous. It's so lush with the with the strings and everything. And we'll, we'll have more of her tomorrow. Uh, but it really, it the the way the music separates out the characters. It's a bit bit operatic but it really hammers home who these people are and what their feelings are um.
1: you know I'm always struck uh, uh, not to uh, not to just plug our other our other show to pieces but you know I remember in one of the second or third episodes uh, Jim that you and I did of the Rocketeer Minute we had my, my childhood buddy Tom Geyer on who does, does film music professionally and he did our theme for that show and we're talking about those first few notes of James Horner's score in The Rocketeer. And he said something, that it's just absolutely stuck with me. And it, it honestly, I don't want to overstate it, because I've always loved movie scores and movie soundtracks. But his one comment changed how I look at him. And he said, what what James is doing at the beginning of The Rocketeer, we playing those few notes on the piano, is he's teaching us a song. And then once we know that song, as, as he uses that melody you know, later throughout the film as that comes up, then, you know, we're already, we're conditioned. We sort of know what to think. We know who to associate it with. We know what sort of emotions are going to are gonna be conjured up by that. And it seems like such a simple concept, but I'd never thought of it that way before. And and so, to me, almost any great movie score is going to do that to a little bit when you have these uh, individual themes for individual characters. You know, I have to yeah. say,
2: since, since both of you are here, and I just watched this, uh, like, not even a week ago, uh, I... You know, I always had fond memories of that film. Uh, watching it again, you know, after a little bit. Uh, it, what an amazing, like, like, just what an amazing movie. <laughs> I mean, it's like the perfect aviation <laughs> fun movie. I mean, it, uh, I, I had just forgotten, I guess, just how good it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, one, one thing I do want to talk about is uh, Cat, uh, Kathy O'Donnell, who is uh, uh, Wilma in this part. She is uh, the director's sister-in-law. And uh, just she's so she's so understated in here, and you miss her in a bunch of different films. She she was in a bunch of uh, like really good noir films. Um, The other the other big role I always think of her as she was uh, Ben Hur's sister in Ben Hur, and she's one of the lepers
2: uh, who gets cured at the
0: very end. And you just kind of yeah you kind of her I think her role was Miriam. Not, I don't have IMDb opened up, but uh, she was yeah, she's Ben her sister, and she's cured at the at the very end of the movie. Um, she just so she's so low. key She doesn't act like an actress, and uh, apart right. from the and you could you could say that of
1: so many people in this uh, in this film. I, there's just there's not really a. Uh, a Bad bit of casting that I that I can think. Yeah, of.
0: nobody's nobody's over the top. Everybody. I'm one of the one of the big pieces of trivia. Always about this film is that there's no uh, costumer that is doing like all the like mom and dad uh, parish here are wearing street or uh, store bought clothes. They're, they weren't designed by anybody. Uh, I do. I am envious of uh, Dad's uh, vest that has extra pockets in it where he could keep his you know pipe and. Uh, spare screwdriver or whatever. It's just it's very practical clothing.
1: His manly, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. So speaking of uh, of uh, Homer's dad, Walter Baldwin, I learned uh, I learned an interesting tidbit about him as I was digging through uh, IMDb before we started. Uh, he only did he only played the role once on one episode, but he was the first Floyd the barber on the office wow. okay. show. Wow. Wow. So. Because uh, I always think of you know oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that is nice, Andy. You know, not uh, you know uh, Howard McNair yeah. was the was the real Floyd for eighty episodes, but uh, here's uh, here's Walter Baldwin did uh, did one episode wow. nineteen sixty.
0: Walter Baldwin is such a, a nineteen twelve kind of name. Just, <laughs> I feel yeah, like really he, he designs exactly. locomotives and. Uh, uh, smoking you know yeah different different types of uh, pipe tobacco tins he came up with that Uh, (laughs) but yeah just such a a great great like you said casting perfect all the way um wow well uh let's there's there's more to talk about with this homecoming this is this was the nice part of the homecoming we're going to get into a not so nice part of the homecoming in the next minute um but we will uh we'll, we'll get back there um for folks who have missed any of our previous episodes they're always available out on the well anywhere you're getting a podcast if you're going to uh, uh apple podcasts or uh spotify or uh, you know you know all the places tune in it, it, anyway you can get them anywhere uh, over there uh, on any of your favorite podcatchers or you can get them at our big site at thebestminutes.com if you'd like to reach out to us on social media we're always available uh, two big places to see us are on facebook at butch's place the uh, best minutes uh cafe or on uh twitter at easy enough to remember uh the best minutes uh anyway we will return uh tomorrow as we continue (laughs) with uh, homer's homecoming right here on the best minutes podcast You better hurry up out there, because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.